What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are going to be looking at another random magic card. So let's go ahead and pull it on up. This is the first time I'm seeing this. This is uh, fresh off the dome. All right. And the card we are going to be looking at is Tainted Isle. I love it when we pull lands with this because I always feel like I'm never going to have enough to talk about because at the end of the day, what is a land? It gives you access to mana so you can play the spells. But at the end of the day, the spells are the things you actually want to be playing. Those are the, the big splashy creatures. Those are the, the explosive events. They all come on the spells. However, the mana base is critical to your success. And without it, the rest of the deck can't work. So it is the equivalent of eating your vegetables. It is um, doing the exercises. It is the part that is foundational to your deck's health. If you want to cast those big, fun, splashy cards, you gotta have the mana base that can support it. And that gets especially interesting when you're looking at decks that have multiple colors. The moment you have three, four, five colors, and you have to fix all of that and make sure that you have access to those. And that is why lands get so freaking expensive. So the one that we're looking at today is called Tainted Isle. This was actually, the one that we're seeing here was from Plane Chase Anthology. And let's go ahead and uh, it was originally printed actually back in Torment, um, which is kind of fun. And so this is a, a pretty interesting little block. And I actually happen to have uh, a couple of versions of this from Torment, one of which is actually in one of my commander decks. And uh, so what does it do? Tainted Isle, there's a whole series of tainted lands, by the way. There were four of them. Um, and so the Tainted Isle, when it first comes into play, it comes into play untapped, by the way, which is possibly the single most important factor when you are looking at a land and asking yourself, is this good? Can you use it the very first turn you play it? If the answer to that is no, and can you use it in some capacity when you first put it onto the battlefield? That makes a huge difference. And so with Tainted Isle, um, if you have... So it comes into play untapped. You can... It does add mana the very first turn you get it. You can tap it to add one colorless mana to your mana pool. All right, so that's not nothing. Back in Torment, that was basically like... That was almost useless since or it wasn't useless. It gave you access to help with casting the generic mana costs on some of your spells. Actually, most of your spells, let's be honest. So, okay, it was good. But now, actually, it became better once the Eldrazi got introduced. Because once the Eldrazi showed up, Colorless is now a separate type of mana that is sometimes required in a way that it never was before. And so Tainted Isle can get you that, which is interesting. But Tainted Isle has a second ability as well, where you can add one blue or one black to your mana pool. But you can only play this ability if you control a swamp. So if you are in multiple colors and one of them happens to be blue and one of them happens to be black, as long as you are predominantly black and your mana base is made up predominantly of swamps, then this is actually a really valuable way to fix your mana. If your mana base is not predominantly swamps, then it's probably not going to be a great way to fix mana necessarily. So I personally believe that the Tainted series, and so this is Tainted Isle, as you can imagine, it's the Tainted Island. It allows you to tap for black or blue. There's also the Tainted Forest. There's also... Uh, um, it has a different name, um, like Tainted Thicket or something like that. And then there are, um, there's one for the, all the other colors as well. There's the Tainted Peaks, which is the mountain, and then Tainted, Tainted Step maybe, or 
anyway, there's, but there's a planes version as well. And so there's one for each of these different color combinations with black. And if you're looking at a predominantly black deck that happens to splash into these other colors to do various things, then the Tainted series is fantastic for you because you're going to have swamps. You're going to have access to swamps. That's not a big deal at all. And so being able to get a little bit of mana fixing in some of those other areas, hey, that doesn't hurt at all. But I mentioned that I have this in one of my commander decks and it is actually a Demir deck. It's a Eureka, the Tiger Shadow deck. And in that deck, it's only two colors. It's blue and it's black. And most of the creatures are, and most of the spells are actually a very low cost, so a lot of the time they don't have generic mana cost in them at all. And so I need access to both blue and black consistently to be able to cast whatever happens to be in my hand, because they have colored pips on them. And so Tainted Isle is actually really, really useful, because there is a chance that I start the game with Tainted Isle and Islands in my hand, which is rough. To be honest, I might mulligan that, depending on what I see. Um, however, if I start with a swamp in a tainted isle, then all of a sudden I have access to all my colors and life is great. And and on top of that, I have access to all my colors and I can still play things that cost two black on turn two. Or I could play a black and a blue. Or, you know, I have a lot of options. And so the tainted series is pretty great in those two color combination situations where one of them is black. If your split's pretty even. Um, yeah. So all in all, I think the tainted series is actually pretty solid. They're a version of like the buddy lands that, um, you know, meaning that if, or were they the check lands, I get those two confused, but the idea is if you already have something on the, on the battlefield, you get, it, it works better is the idea. So all in all, I think, the Tainted series is excellent. Tainted Isle specifically. It's funny of all the cards that we could have randomly dro dropped onto. This is the one that I actually use um, just because I happen to have a place where it fits. So the other thing about this particular series that I find interesting is that this was back in Torment, which if I'm not mistaken, was an asymmetrical set. I know there was there was a series at, around this time, and I think it was Torment, and that actually makes these lands make a lot more sense. Um, and in that set, they actually had more black cards than anything else. And so the majority of the set was black, um, which was a design decision that they haven't gone back to, um, probably for good reason. I'm sure the limited environment was really unpleasant in that situation because um, basically everybody ends up having to draft black because if you end up drafting red, there's a really good chance that like you have to draft at least two colors, potentially three, if one of them isn't black. Um, actually, you'd probably have to go three colors if you're not doing black in there somewhere. So I think black is unavoidable in the limited environment in that situation. In which case, the tainted the tainted series is a great way to help fix your mana. So actually, in limited these would be, in a in a torment limited these would be fantastic. But interestingly enough, I don't believe that there were. I'm not aware of any other series that functions like this for any other color combinations. I think they all are black, which given the fact that they're, the word is tainted, that makes sense. But I can't help but wonder why not. You know, dual lands like this, as well as the pain lands like Yavamaya Coast and Shivan Reef that come into play untapped, produce a colorless, and then you can also tap to add one mana of either of those two colors, and then you take one damage. I think those make a lot of sense. Like, they're very clean, and um, they're awesome budget ways for folks playing in Legacy or playing in Commander 
to get access to dual lands that maybe aren't as flashy or aren't quite as efficient as plan A, but can get you what you need on a budget. I feel like that's really useful, you know? Like, the right deck could be competitive with these in place of fetches and shocks. Is it going to be as consistent? Absolutely not. It, it just isn't. You know, there's a reason that something like Canid Isle is probably going for two, three, maybe five bucks tops. Meanwhile, you know, you you take a um, or the Flooded Strand, which is, or Polluted Delta, which is the fetch land equivalent. It's like, you know, 70 80 bucks you know there's one is definitely better than the other and i mean reprint policies are also part of the deal there but at the end of the day this isn't your plan a if you're trying to be hyper competitive and try to win a lot but if you have a fun casual deck and you want a couple budget options to just help the mana base operate a little better and run a little smoother and that's the other thing if you are if you're taking the step from a casual player who has a handful of decks that they enjoy or maybe even just one or two decks that you enjoy but your mana base is made up almost exclusively of basic lands that's okay we've all been there that is where we start we start with monocolored decks with basic lands that's okay that's where everybody started that's where i started um and I still actually have some fondness for that old mono green stompy deck that I ran back in the day. But um, actually, I took the the and Drovers and the Fierce Empaths that I had in that deck that were really the what really made it sing are actually in separate plastic. I've took I've taken them aside and I, I keep them um, I keep them separate because I have a, an affinity for those cards. But anyway, um, that's a that's a tangent for another day. But when you're first starting out, it's not uncommon to start with 60 card decks running just basic lands. That's pretty standard because it's cheap. You know, it's inexpensive and it's a great entry point to get an understanding of how the game operates. When you are taking that next step and trying to dial them in to get a little stronger and a little more consistent and a little more efficient, when you really take the next step with the mana bases, that's where you will find your consistency comes in. You know, a deck with nothing but basics is still capable of incredibly big, incredibly flashy, incredibly fun plays. However, the number of incredibly big, incredibly fun, and incredibly flashy plays that you can pull off um, is going to be limited because you're, the number of colors that you're going to have access to is going to be limited. Whereas the moment you have more consistent, stronger mana bases, you can get two or three colors available much more easily and much more consistently and once you have that dialed in you are going to see a higher win rate you are going to see more consistent gameplay and it's going to feel different like you can tell when you are sitting down with a budget deck you can it feels that like you can tell that maybe things are a little bit slower things aren't quite as dialed in quite as efficient as they could be but there is something and and i have to thank um arena specifically for giving me this experience because this is something that's still pretty new to me um in a recent in a recent ladder i decided to try something that i hadn't done before and just full on net deck and which is something that i hate doing to be honest um i, I enjoy the the act of building a deck and really crafting it into something that I want, that I made from my own creativity and from my own thoughts. And I got to say, when you're playing a deck in arena on the ladder and it's working and it's not like anything else anyone's seen, there is 
there is something so incredibly satisfying about seeing that nice emote when you pop off on a combo that your opponent didn't see coming because no one else is doing it. That feels fantastic. And as a streamer, when I'm live on stream and I'm showing off a deck that I've never, you know, that other people just aren't using, when I see names pop up in the chat that I've never seen before saying, dude, where did you get this list? And to be able to say, I came up with it, that feels so good. Am I going to get to Mythic rank doing that? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, um, at least not with the power level where things are right now. Because once the meta gets solved, when people are playing the best things out there, they're mathematically the best. They're going to win the most games. And so, but to get back to my original point, recently I actually did, a couple months back, I net decked a Rakdos sacrifice list, which had won a whole bunch of tournaments and it was just like clearly one of the top five greatest decks available at the time. And I was like, you know what? This looks like the kind of strategy that I enjoy playing. It's aristocrat stuff. You're leveraging a lot of sacrifice, threat, and effects. You got, you know, the witch's oven combo going. Like, all right, this, this looks like the kind of deck that I would like to play. And it just so happens to be viable right now. So, all right, let's give it a go. Like, let's take this list. Let's just drop it in and let's see what happens. And I actually hit some pretty consistent... Um, it was incredibly consistent. It, like The games played similarly over and over, but on top of that, there was a... like My brain clicked into like a fourth gear when I was running with that deck because every single point of damage mattered. Every single... It, it became a question every turn of how do I get the maximum value out of these two lands or these three lands and all of a sudden I had to approach the game completely differently to try to get maximum value and I felt like it, it feels like when you're running a very tight very competitive deck and you need to make sure that you hit every single play correctly it is a much more engaging much more challenging experience as a player than when you're playing kind of more casual more fun um magic now there's a place for both they're both fantastic like I, I love them both dearly but the idea of really like buckling down and kind of like riding on a razor's edge through a game to find the right way to just squeak in lethal it's exhilarating and i see why people enjoy that level of play like so to all the spikes out there i get it man i get i, I get it it's fun like that's really fun to win a lot of games and to have that kind of um that kind of experience where it's less about what cards you draw and more about how you play the cards you have. And that's exciting. And dialing in your mana bases and playing with some of the best cards available that have been mathematically proven to be the most, just the most challenging or the, the, the strongest cards and the most efficient cards, that's where you get that experience. And that's how you how you do that um and if it wasn't free arena there's no way i would ever do that because the moment cards become part of those decks their price tag skyrockets because all of a sudden people need them in order to compete for cash prizes and there are some people out there who play magic the gathering professionally like to make a living like they're paying their rent that way and yeah buying the cards they need 
for the deck that they're going to take to their next tournament, buying those cards is a business expense at that point. So they're going to do it. And that costs money and that drives the price up for the rest of us. So if you don't have aspirations of competing at that level, buying the $100 fetch land doesn't make sense. It just doesn't because that product is not for you at that point, which sucks. Like I disagree with that philosophy and I wish those cards were available to casual players, but by the virtue of the way the market works right now, they just aren't. Enter cards like Tainted Isle or Shivan Reef or I mean these these dual lands that come into play untapped that give you access to multiple colors and can fit into unique circumstances that have a slight drawback compared to their more expensive counterparts, but it costs, in some cases, a hundredth. Like, it costs 1% of, of the more expensive version. Because when you are trying to get every single cent of value that you can out of every single card, the drawback on Tainted Isle, as compared to Polluted Delta, is astronomical. For the casual player who's sitting down with their buddies and wants to play a commander game, that difference is not that big. It's just not. It's not worth the 90 bucks or whatever it is. So I would highly recommend Tainted Isle. They're an uncommon from Torment that's been reprinted a handful of times in some other casual uh, formats. If you play black with splashes, like if you play in Grixis, if you play in Jund, um, I would definitely recommend, well, okay, not Jund for the Tainted Isle, but like Tainted Peaks and uh, and the Tainted Forest. Like if you're playing in those kinds of three color combinations where black is really the center, but you want to have some extra stuff going on, the Tainted series is great. Highly recommended. So yeah, this, is a, this has been an interesting one. And like always, I end up going eight minutes longer than I expect to because lands get me going, apparently. Because the truth is, lands are the foundation of the game. They're the fundamental resource that everything else resolves, revolves around. So without a good mana base, you cannot have a good deck. Period. That's just how it goes. And I find it interesting how Wizards has addressed that over the years, how they've... Um, different ways that they found to be creative with mana bases. I get a kick out of it. And uh, also, I'm actually saying all of this at the same time that I'm running a deck on Arena right now that is the first deck that I have ever, ever run that has absolutely no mana fixing of any kind because it's completely colorless. More on that later because it's actually proving to be pretty darn good. So keep an eye out for the channel. Um, keep an eye out on the channel. We'll be doing a deck tech on that before too long uh, because it's a lot of fun. And anyway... So mana fixing is incredibly important, no matter how you do it. And actually, even then, my mana base in a colorless deck is still very deliberate, believe it or not. And again, more to come on that later. But your mana, mana makes the world go around. If you don't have mana, you can't play. Anyway, so this has been Tainted Isle. Fun stuff. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. I do stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. I'm also on Twitter, at hawks42. Go ahead and uh, give me a follow over there. And if you are listening to this on a podcast in your podcast-catching app of choice, it's an awkward way of saying that, but you know what I mean. If you're listening to this, if I'm chilling in your in your uh, headphones right now, thank you. I appreciate you. But um, yeah, I'm, it's also available on YouTube, so you can actually see what I look like, and you can see the card art um, for the card that we're discussing. If you're watching this on YouTube, hi, 
And this is also available as a podcast. So if you would rather listen to the audio version in your car or while you're working out, um, that is available as well. And it's available anywhere you get your podcast. Special thanks to the Anchor app, anchor.fm. More on that at the beginning of the podcasts if you're watching this on YouTube. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging out. You guys are the best. Have a great day. Be good to yourselves. And I will catch you next time.